Welcome to Qualgen's podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness related, including hormones, pharmaceuticals, health trends, and ways you can help better your life. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our very first episode. We are so excited to start this journey and learn more about health and wellness together. Since it is our very first episode, I thought we would start it off with one of the most important people to Qualgen, our CEO, Sean Riney. Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. Great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Can you share a little bit about yourself and um, some of your background? Yeah, I'm uh, getting older every day and uh, (laughs) I've been in business in the world for uh, since I was about 21, right out of college. I've been in uh, various industries. I've actually been in manufacturing for the most part of it. Um, I was in the automotive manufacturing industry. Then I was basically in um, the banking industry for a long time and uh, then when I have sold those companies I went through a lot of merger and acquisition type situations and I then explored into the healthcare industry and when I did um, I basically came along to what we're doing today. So mm-hmm. I've got a very varied background. I've done a lot of different things. Did you think 10 years ago you would be working in the pharmaceutical industry? No, not at all. Um, there's no way <laughs> you should have told me that. I probably would have been doing it. Um, I basically have been a manager or, or an owner of businesses more than anything else. And um, getting to where we're at today was definitely not something that was anywhere in my path. Right. And let's talk about that. How exactly did Qualgen start? Well, I started out after I sold out of the, the company I had in the banking industry, um, I basically was uh, starting some new companies that I had started, a, a couple of them, and one of them was cult consulting to uh, physicians and providers, if you will, around the United States that wanted to start their own practice or change their practice or leave a hospital setting. And I got into doing that quite a bit with uh, a lot of different providers around the nation and it, it really grew faster than I thought it would. And mm-hmm. we actually got into not only providing uh, practice management, but uh, billing, um, even uh, a bit, especially facilities management, building medical office buildings um, and providing capital uh, just everything in the world you could think of to basically start up a business. It works the same way for a provider uh, if they want to be in business. And so we basically help them do that. Um, mm-hmm. Along the way, one of the key things that was really coming to mind, and it's even more so today as it was seven years ago, was that the healthcare industry changing dramatically as far as the amount of money that you know the a general practitioner can make today as well as a lot of surgical procedures has dropped quite a bit based on mm-hmm. insurance reimbursement and it's also gotten very hard to even get reinsurance reimbursement so there's a lot of cash um, procedures if you will out there that um, allow a provider to do things that aren't necessarily covered under insurance, but help them, you know, offset income loss from things they've lost from other reimbursement items. And as well as it seems, it's kind of interesting in the industry. Most of those items tend to be 
wellness items as opposed to acute um, treatment. So mm-hmm. instead of just trying to come in and fix your cold, we try to cure you or make you better than you were and keep you that way as opposed to you come in, you get some acute medicine, I fix you today and you're back in two months because you just got the same problem. We didn't really fix anything. So, right. But I mean, that pays the bill. (laughs) Yeah, it it does. But, you know, from a provider standpoint, we want uh, most providers are extremely um, excited or want to take care of their patients. And longevity is a major issue. Um, They only want to be better today. They want to be better tomorrow. That means you know, healthy, wealthy, and wise type thing. So most providers out there want to, they, they don't want to just treat you. They want to cure you so that you're not mm-hmm. having to come back all the time. Uh, it's kind of funny. Our pharmaceutical world, of course, runs around treatment as opposed to does cures as much, you know, uh, as, a, you know, vaccinations are, of course, are, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those vaccinations aren't necessarily cures. They're just a treatment to offset it. For a later date, but some are, but some aren't. So, my point is, is we I generally tried to stick to things I like that are wellness because I tend to, I tended to have more of a passion when talking about that with things that made a very um, large change in people's lives for the better, and I could see it firsthand. And coming into what Qualgen started at doing anti aging in the hormone pellet world. Um, I'd actually met some people that had done pellet treatment and it was actually a lady that worked in another provider's office. She was just telling me about it one day and I was very intrigued and she had literally moved out of her house with her husband and had got an apartment and they were looking at a divorce and that's tragic. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it was her hormonal imbalance was so offset. And by the way, he was needing issues too from Andropause. They both got treated and I saw her about four months later, maybe six months, and she had, they'd moved back in together, uh, reconstituted their marriage, and everything was fantastic. Well, that's, right. a, big, that's, that's a big deal. That, huge. Yeah. that was huge to me. And I was like, wow, I want to know more about this. And so I started investigating into it, and I ran across a, a young man. I'll call him that today. Unfortunately, he's <laughs> passed away. His name is uh, Gino Tatera, Dr. Tatera. Among a, a couple other men too, that were founders or not really founders. They this you know pellet therapy started in the 30s. Actually, these mm-hmm. guys just kind of really grew it to what we more we know it today, and it continues to go you know more and more. But um, got to talking to him about his business and a few others, and it was just more and more intriguing to me. And I actually sat with uh, Gino one day. And we were talking and I said, you know, what was your, what's the biggest problem to him? And I could see the just massive amount of passion he had about people, his patients, and trying to further the treatment of hormone therapy to make their lives better. I mean, he would talk about that more than money or anything else. It, 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 the rest of it didn't matter to him. You could just, it was irrelevant. He wanted flat out to have the very best system on the earth period around the entire world and in betterment that constantly and have the data to do so. And one of his biggest challenges was, of course, pellets are compounded for the most part. There is one FDA approved drug, but the rest of them are mostly compounded. And 
you know, all compounds are different. And at one level, all compounds being different is good because it allows doctors to practice different types of things. And you can do various different methods with different compounds. On the other hand, right. if he had a, a specific therapy system, if all those compounds are different, then his data is going to be skewed based on the, all the pellets aren't the same. So it, there's a, you know, it's a catch 22 there. He wanted a pellet that was extremely consistent and completely bioidentical. At the time, most pellets were not actually bioidentical. Most pellets were. And um, can you just explain what it means to be bioidentical? Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, the components that the pellet are made of are things that the body would naturally generate. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of pellets that were made in the past. There's, uh, and there's various, I mean, there's a lengthy list of things they would put in that were not mm-hmm. bioidentical. And we landed on a pellet that was made only of hormone and um, either soy or yam based and uh, steric acid. And um, because steric acid, of course, is produced by the body. And <laughs> that uh, that's bioidentical. Not to mention a lot of people were saying bioidentical in the marketplace and it really isn't because if it's not produced by the body, of course, that's not a bioidentical. So um, he had a real issue with that from a efficacy standpoint, as well as the, the industry as a whole, he just wanted to do a better job and uh, he didn't know how to do all that. And so I knew some people that did and long story short in a really short manner, we, I put it together and the next thing you know, there's Qualgen and um, that's kind of how all that came together Unfortunately, I'm leaving out about 20 people that are extremely important in that process as well. I'm just talking about Gino because he was definitely on the foundry of what I did originally working with him and and two other um, very important hormone uh, doctors in the United States, too, that were prominent. And uh, they're they're all just fabulous people and they're extremely um, engaged and and, and very passionate about hormone therapy. There's no doubt about it. And, and it, it, it did it to me. I got excited about it. And of course, so we set out to make the very highest quality uh, bioidentical pellet we could make and uh, mm-hmm. had a lot of challenges because that industry was new as, as we started into it as a 503B. And as we all know, that started in 13 with guidance and, and only in 15, 14, 15, and now it's you know it's, there's a true there's a true system in there, and so it's very difficult navigating those waters with that being a new, a, a whole new uh, category, if you will, with the FDA. Right, and can you explain like about five hundred three Bs? Because I feel like it's very unknown, and there aren't many people that know exactly what a five hundred three B is. Like it's like a foreign language. Yeah. Um, Simply put, a 503B is a, a compounder that can make uh, compounds in large bulk quantities without having patient-specific um, prescriptions. Uh, the thing that probably actually supersedes that is the fact that with 503Bs are regulated under CFR 210 to 11 under the FDA code, and meaning that the amount of quality, the processes and controls are exponentially more stringent than you would have with a normal compounder, which we'd call a 503A, which would traditional compounder around the corner you're used to seeing, you know, some 
usually some private individual, could be a company, but most of them are private or used to be. And the difference is the 503B has the FDA to um, overwatch them, and a 503A has a lot of the different um, has some regulations, but it's just not near the same, and they cannot produce in large bulk numbers. And mm-hmm. we cannot sell to the general public at all. Mm-hmm. 503A can. We can only sell to providers, licensed providers, let's say that, and right. <laughs> and um, and our hospitals or clinics. And so you basically mm-hmm. kind of make that even more simple. If you don't have a DEA number, then you, you can't play. So, right. and to have that, you've got to be one of those, of course. So um, it kind of narrows that down. And uh, we, we are able to make a lot of drugs. And I would say there's even some generics that the, a lot of 503Bs can make in bulk, um, as long as they're off list and they're not a copy of a, of a drug that's uh, marketed and that kind of a thing. So, mm-hmm. in fact, I think 503Bs, just a, a little bit here outside of our conversation on is just on a hormone thing is we are definitely a pulpit to help drug costs come down. Mm-hmm. And that's been a big deal in the news and it, for a long time. It has been here recently. But, uh, of course, I think everybody in the United States would agree that drug costs need to come down regardless. Mm-hmm. And I think that 503Bs are, are a major way to fill that space and it's just taken time for us all to work together to get there. But I hope that becomes more of our space is to help um, drive the cost of some of those drugs down that are off lists that are not, you know, uh, a marketed drug currently and that kind of thing. And, and other with compounds. And I think that compounds are important because compounds are here to take a drug or a specific remedy a need or a clinical need from a provider and make it better. And it's a great way for our providers to be able to practice medicine and uh, help patients. If you uh, currently and during we're doing this, but at the time, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, I know many people that have been treated with different drugs that definitely helped cure them. Um, didn't get rid of COVID-19, of course, but there were drugs that were used that are off-label. They weren't originally made for that. So that's very important that our doctors are allowed to um, define their needs and use these different medicines, if you will, to cure patients. And this is how the United States is so awesome, is that we have the ability and freedom to practice that medicine. Mm -hmm. And this is what makes people better. And and I'm going to say this, it's my opinion. I don't know, it's not necessarily fact because I'd have to do a lot of research, but I, I know of three people personally that were medicated on it with doxamethasone and um, doxycycline, dexamethasone, doxycycline, and hydroxychloroquine. And the three kind of a cocktail, they were, they were, they got COVID and within three days they felt great. Yeah, I'm sure it mm-hmm. didn't work for everybody, but I know I know three different people that got that kind of that same dose of medicine, got that same treatment, and it helped them greatly. Well, that's awesome, you know. And so, in the future, those things are now known. And of course, before COVID nineteen, we didn't know that, but now we do. Right. So mm-hmm. that helps produce other drugs in the future, and especially compounders produce things 
that, you know, there are drugs that were made a long time ago and we don't know, but in the future they may even have a better use. That's fantastic. So that's where I think our role is, is to really help with that maybe in the future. It's not so much today, but I'm hoping in the future that's something we can really do. Yeah, absolutely. I And I think one of the big things talking about the cost and everything specifically for us Qualgen with our hormone pellets is we try to keep our costs low because we know that then it's more accessible to patients that want to get it because I mean, it is expensive since insurance doesn't cover it. And I mean, I think that's huge that we can try to help where we can so that more people have access to this product. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's just so much we have to do from the standpoint of the, uh, basically staying in compliance with the uh, 210 to 11 CFR. Mm-hmm. So the, it's it makes it our costs are higher because of that than a mm-hmm. a normal five hundred three a or a small compounder because we you, we have to do more things. On the other hand, it makes the product safer for the general public, and because mm-hmm. we have to do those things, so it's a it's a two edged sword. You can't have both. But um, like anything, um, the good old USA, we improvise, adapt, overcome. We figure out a way. We we try to you know we try to take things and make them better. And that's our job. You know, Qualgen is most successful, and I'm going to say any 503B, is when we take the compliance that we have to adhere to under CFR 210-211 and make it better. Mm-hmm. That's the hard yeah. It's tough because that's a high standard already that's already put out there. But that's our challenge. That's what we're here to do. And then mm-hmm. try to take that, like I said, and lower drug costs. It just right. takes a lot of creativity. That's the answer in work. And uh, just good old fashioned know how. So we just have all the time <laughs> constantly. That's exactly right. Yeah. So Qualgen, I'm going to move back to just Qualgen specific. Obviously it's grown quite a bit since it originally started. Um, we have so many employees now. Tell us about the variety of our staff, because I think it's really crazy. Not crazy, but it's, I think it's great. I mean, obviously we have to have all of this variety to be able to make it happen. Can you talk about some of our employees? And I mean, yeah, I, uh, they have. that's probably the most exciting thing about growing business yeah. to me is um, um, I'm a pretty religious guy. And I feel that uh, a tie that we get back is when we start businesses is hiring the people that are there because they can um, mold and better their craft, number one. Uh, like you, you're in marketing, you know, you just, you get better at this every day because the more experience you get and the more you do, the more you learn. And that's just the way anything works. And we provide that environment here. And, uh, and Qualgen is a very innovative company. So we're, we're constantly looking for innovation as opposed to the status quo. We're never been that we've always been ahead of the curve, um, doing more technology and things. I know we were the, one of the first companies to have automated presses for our pellets. And we invented mm-hmm. those ourselves with a company called Vanguard and uh, developed it. And we have other technologies, even in other countries, using some of that that we've developed. So we're very forward thinking and our employees are, which is exciting because it creates an air of excitement when you, of course, go to work someplace like that every day. And I am most excited that it's here and I'm an Oklahoma uh, native. Like I said, I was born in Texas. Don't tell anybody else that. There's a podcast. But I've uh, <laughs> lived in Oklahoma my whole life. But I'm glad the company's here. I'm excited about that and that it brings those employees here and helps our state 
grow in the biotech uh, you know world with drug production mm-hmm. is a call. That's huge. I'm, I'm major excited to have done that and be a part of it. It is absolutely a joy to come to work and watch the different scientists we have here, you know, chemists and biologists and pharmacists and microbiologists. And, you know, they're all, they're, there's a spectrum of them here that all work here at the, the amount of the equipment and things they do and they learn and they, and they grow and they show you. And, and it's just awesome. That's really fun. And, to give that to them is huge. And of course they give back to their families. That's the tithe to me is that we've produced something that's giving back to, you know, not one person, but 35 families basically right now or more or 50 or hundred or however big we get. And then that just goes on and on and on and on. So Mm -hmm. the, um, the reach of what we've done here is, is a big deal to me. That is the number one, one of the number one reasons to do it is a to provide drugs that help people from a wellness standpoint and make Mm -hmm. their lives better. And number two is then what we give back to providing this company that gives back to all of our employees and their families. Absolutely. I think, I mean, it's, it's crazy how much it's just grown since I've started and it's, it's amazing. And that's so, I mean, virtually Quelgen is just getting started. I mean, it's a new company for the most part. And what you, like what are you wanting for the future of Qualgen? Where do you see this company in the next five years? Boy, that's a big one. Uh, I know. <laughs> we uh, well, of course, we're growing. We're adding new products. Uh, we're definitely going to round out the anti-aging space. Uh, we've got a whole slew of new products that basically fit that same area. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, other and a bunch of other areas too. Uh, com- we're going to be a larger five hundred three B, just like a lot of our larger compounders will have a plethora of different drugs on the shelf that, uh, to help our, um, you know, our providers. Um, we're currently doing research, even we're spending R and D money on some major advancements in medicine with, uh, some, uh, other pharmacologists and such to even do some other things. And we're working with the FDA, uh, to see if we can pull some other new drugs on. I can't lean out much more than that. It's kind of, secret, but, um, that's crazy exciting. That just really gets me happy. And the more that we can work with other entities such as the FDA and, and the boards of pharmacy, you know, especially come back to the FDA because they're our main regulator, but to produce and, and make things better and try to lower drug costs and then be able to provide a business of that to all these employees here in the state of Oklahoma. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a home run. That's a hit. That's yeah. out of the park. And, I'm uh, just really excited about that. Absolutely. I, it'll, it'll, it'll probably, you know, five times or more in the next five years. It, it should, if we continue to grow, like you said, as you know, what's gone on, you can only imagine yeah. years from now. I know. It'll be, you'll, be, you'll just be spinning your head going, wow. Yeah. How did we get here? <laughs> yep. So I, I think that's just great. And I can't wait to see where it goes because this company has so much potential, especially with some of the employees we have now. And it's like you said, it is just really exciting. And I think one of the great things for working for a company like Qualgen is one, our family environment, but also how we are able to help so many people. Um, for example, the hormone pellets. I mean, I've talked to so many people and it's changed so many lives. Like you were talking about the story at the beginning 
But recently, when COVID first started, um, there was a shortage of hand sanitizer, and we were actually able to create the FDA recipe for the hand sanitizer and provide it to many hospitals, clinics, schools, and individuals. What does it mean to you to be able to help in that way and the impact that has on you? Well, of course. I mean, that was exciting. It was also fun to do something different for once. Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was really cool. And of course, you know, when, in, if you're a patriot such as me or a lot of other people, you, when your country says, hey, I need help and you can jump up and do something about it, you get a really good feeling about that at night. And not only could we help, we could be profitable at it. So, I mean, that was like great in two levels. Um, you know, those things are always going to be that way. And that's what I was talking to earlier. I just hope that those types of situations grow in the future. And mm-hmm. we just continue to have more and more of those opportunities because that is really, really exciting. Yeah. And I don't think anybody realizes the amount of time and work every all of that took. Oh, yeah. Well, everything, I mean, as you know, I mean, this place is almost operates 24 seven, it seems. And right. especially with research and people and development, everything's going on. It's a, it's a, uh, it never closes, it seems rarely. So it's, it, it is a lot of work, but that's, you know, the healthcare medical world, uh, life sciences as a whole. I think that just goes without saying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, um, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure I'll have you back on sooner than later. Is, any, is there anything else you would like to add? Nope. Just, uh, Jennifer, you're doing great and just keep it up. Okay, thank we'll you. Keep going to the next level. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you everyone for listening. Please make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and we will see you next time.